and welcome to the weekly Comics in Motion Last of Us podcast. I'm your host, Rhea, and each week I'll be chatting with a guest or guests about HBO's Last of Us based on Naughty Dog's 2013 survival action-adventure game. Um, it's a week-by-week run-through. This week, I have two fantastic guests. I have Math and Paul. Hello, both. How are you? Hi. Hi. Yeah, waving don't work on podcasts, does it? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that we all still do it, though. I don't know, it just makes me happy. It's when we do a podcast with sign language, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> a mine podcast. Yeah. Oh, that... that would be good. Would it? Yeah, you do mime, and then the rest of us try and interpret <gasps> what you're saying. Oh, I, I be, do like that. Game of charades. <laughs> I yeah. do really like that. Let's log that one. <laughs> Isn't that? That was a collaboration between the three of us, remember? We'll all take credit yep, for yep. that. Right, so this week, oh dear, we are talking about episode three, Long, Long Time. So we're going to take a slightly different approach this week, which is we're going to talk about it in two very distinct parts. I have only just let Paul and Math know that's how we're going to do this, so I haven't <laughs> let them prepare at all. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Joel and Ellie's story throughout the whole of the episode, and then dedicate all of the rest of the time to the just a most amazing bit of TV ever talking about Bill and Frank. So just to set the scene, I'm going to do, oh God, I thought about this earlier and I'm so terrible with them. I'm going to do an episode synopsis. So good luck, everyone. This will take the majority of the podcast. Um, <laughs> so we are in 2023 with Joel and Ellie. They have just come, they're 10 miles out of Boston QZ. They've just come out, obviously Tess has died in the previous episode. Um, they're having some chats. Joel is probably, you know, I'm not saying probably, we've all seen it. He's not too great. Ellie tries to start building that bond as they start walking five miles to Bill and Frank's. They stop off to collect some supplies. Ellie finds a clicker trapped under some rubble, stabs it in the head. She starts discovering a lot about the tragedies that happened during the initial stages of the outbreak. Joel describes to her about how the initial outbreak happened or how they believe it happened. And then we have the Bill and Frank section. And then at the end of the episode, Ellie and Joel get to Bill and Frank's. They discover that they they are both dead. Um, Joel has a moment of grieving. Then they have an awesome moment of tooling up and getting in the car. And we start to see that bond building between them. So that's what happens in Joel and Ellie's version, bit not version, but bit of the story. In Bill and Frank's version, we go back to the beginning of the outbreak. We see Bill as a survivalist. We see him building up his town, Bill's town. We see him having the best time with nobody being around and gathering all the supplies and grand old time cooking food in this series. It's like, I've got a whole thing about food in the series. Like, it's so important, isn't it? When you're what, you know, every single episode, food has made an appearance in a particular way. There's definitely something going on there for me anyway. somebody stumbles into one of his traps it's the delightful frank they have a connection and then we see the span of their relationship over 20 years we see them growing to love each other we see them living an idyllic life throughout the madness that is the post-outbreak apocalypse stuff we see them meeting joel and tess 
And then we see their love grow and blossom and then they decide to take their life together because Frank is suffering from, um, I've it's, read it's a couple cancer. of stuff and like, or MS, I think it might be. Yeah. Um, it's a bit yeah. vague on purpose as far as I can tell. Because um, obviously they don't know because they don't have any medical professionals around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happens in the episode. Obviously there are lots of details which we will all go into. I would usually ask my guests about the game and about the first couple of episodes. I don't think we're going to do that in this episode because I think we just need to talk about this. You've both watched the other two episodes. They're yep. all great. I'm speaking for yep. you. Matt's played the game. Paul, you've watched a playthrough, played like 60% of it? Uh, in the end, I got to a, probably about 80% of it. Oh, and then lovely. I, I um, yeah, I speed ran through the last of it on uh, on youtube because i knew i wasn't going to complete it in time for our last of us chat which i ended up not being a part of because i was ill so go me <laughs> um and obviously matthew were on the last of us round table round table which was absolutely fantastic so let's just get straight into it let's start with joel and ellie what are some of your main observations throughout the whole episode of how their relationship is developing math the, the first thing uh what i liked with the 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 bit with joel in the with the stream and he stacked the stones uh now everyone's going to probably interpret it the wrong way i kind of saw that as kind of a, a way to kind of Bury and do a memory of of Tess. Yeah, previous. Um, again, we then see Ellie trying to kind of she's trying to break that tension because there is still tension there, and she also she actually comes across really well with the fact that you know Joel says don't say you know don't say don't say sorry, and and she's like I wasn't going to. That's mm. not my fault. Which. It's a good way of pointing out it wasn't her fault. She didn't ask them to do any of this. They chose to do it because, you know, like she says, she wanted a battery. And it actually showed quite good maturity of her trying to have this conversation, this adult conversation with him, and trying to put her point across that, look, we're both in a shit situation. Let's just try and work together. Um, And then obviously they do the walk she... It's it's clear that she she's been at school, but they haven't really taught her anything. She makes I like the line she says, you know, yeah, the the government don't want to tell us about their fuck ups really. Um, so Joel explains it the best way that he can, um, and then it gets to a point in the road where he's like, we're going to cut through this way, <laughs> and she's like, oh, is it something bad? Should I not see this? Is it dangerous? Is it? No, it's not dangerous. It's- should have told me it was dangerous. Let's go and have a look then. Uh, if 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 you want to jump in at any point, point Paul, just say so. I I can be a swine for this, just talking and talking. Um, we then see the the mass graves, which to to be fair, I didn't really quite. I wasn't quite sure what you were going to see at that point, but mm. the reality of that point where Joel kind of says they po- probably wasn't infected, but. There's just no room. And hard as it is, you know, the fact that they killed a lot of innocent people there, there's a sick and twisted reason that you can see why they did that, because if any of them do get infected, 
That's more clickers. It's more infected. It's more that are going to be a problem. It's a horrible thing, and it's not a right thing to do. But when he kind of explains it, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, surely there's somewhere else they could have sent him. But the government's like, nope, can't do also. And that kind of ties back to Joe and Sarah, which I know. I know we're not going to discuss the previous ones, but that that had me in tears again. Mm. <laughs> Um, and it, then it, it kind of, it again highlights what kind of world we're in. It, it's not a nice world. Uh, That's it, isn't it? It's the continuation of the theme. Even though Fedra was very absent from the last episode, it's the continuation of the f- theme that Fedra is not are not the saviors. Mm. You know, we get the, the duality of Fedra and the Fireflies, and the Fireflies are supposedly a terrorist group. But, you know, nobody wants to be under the jackboot of Fedra, right? Because yeah. Fedra aren't there to save humanity. Fedra are there, for me, my sense from the first episode is Fedra are there for their own power. They happen to be in power. And we know from the game that Fedra do horrific things. And that's how we get hunters. That's how we get raiders and stuff like that. And it's just a nice, small little story seed that let's not forget that we've got something else as well in the background, that they are not good. There's a reason why Bill says, I'm not going with you. You know, he may be a conspiracy theorist, a survivalist, a prepper, but there's very much a reason why he's not going with Fedra because he can see a fascist regime coming a mile off. Mm, and so yeah. that seed's still there. So then it makes Bill's decision make sense why he is in his basement, in his mum's house. And also, yeah, we get the we get the the grave for Tess. But I also think it's interesting that you're saying about Ellie, and I don't know how you feel about this, Paul, but I think Ellie does feel guilt. I think she's saying she doesn't feel guilt. But I think because of what's happened with Riley, what's happened with Tess you know even Marlene got shot trying to protect her Mm. I think Ellie does feel a lot of guilt but she's trying to I don't know if it's necessarily deflect but there's some process she's trying to do in is everything her fault and again I think that ties into something that's going to happen later in the storytelling and again it's also that you know if she says it's not her fault fault, Joel won't hate her and then she'll have somebody who she can form a bond with because we've seen she's formed a bond with Marlene. She's trying to start forming a bond with Tess and then Tess dies. And so she's like, this is the only other adult in my life. I need this bond. You know, she is a child. And so she's trying to build that bond. And towards the end of the episode, Joel is more open to that because of Bill's letter. But at the beginning, he's still, he's in protector mode, but he's still quite distant. How do you feel about some of those things, Paul? <laughs> sorry, Some I just all of that. I know, sorry. Um, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think the whole thing about all of this is Joel and Ellie are the same person, really. They they're just at different stages of the same thing. Like you can see, as you say, the way that Ellie is she's trying to build up some of those boundaries, you know, just the same that Joel has. The way that Joel treats her, she's starting to kind of work through that and think maybe I need to be like that. I need to start treating people like that. I need this sort of arm's length thing. But also she, as you say, she wants to build a bond and deep down, so does Joel, but they're at two different stages of all of it. Like she's building into this stage of, you know, I need to break, 
build up some barriers and he's maybe on the edge of breaking some of them down. Um, it's very telling as soon as they start having a decent conversation about something, you know, you can start seeing the bond build. They're actually having a conversation and then the walls are down. But as soon as they stop talking again, it's up again. You know, that both of them have that sort of entryway in. They just need to hang on to it for a little bit. It's there, but then neither of them want to take that step. Um, yeah, Ellie's a very, at this point, Ellie is a very, she doesn't know what's going on. You know, she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know how to feel. She doesn't know, you know, whether she should be trusting people or not trusting people. She doesn't know whether she should be interested about the infected or she should hate the infected or, you know, the government, she doesn't know what to feel about them because she's been trained by them. You know, she's been spent so much time under their thumb and then been cast aside or whatever has happened there. You know, there's so much that she's still trying to build on and trying to decide for herself. And amongst all of this, as you say, like every time she tries to care about someone, it, gets destroyed thing is with with ellie she's she's lived in a box mm. this is the first time she's experienced anything else really i mean you know it's like the plane thing obviously she would never have been on a plane anyway even if she'd have been out there but the excitement even in the woods you know the trees and stuff like that you know this is it's all new experiences for her so she's trying to find a way to you know it, it's it's a lot of it, a lot of emotions, a lot of things that are coming out all at once. And she's only a teenager, you know. So there's, I mean, there's there's the amusing bit with the with the Tampax when she finds them and she's like, yes, you know, she she's aware that she's got to do things like this. She's got to be prepared for things, but it, she is still a kid, and there is so much kind of being pushed on her, and she's just trying to find a way, and, you know, and she's now looking at Joel at this person who's obviously very experienced and she's just trying to learn from him, learn from another side other than just what the government's been feeding her. Yeah. Yeah. Tampax feels great. That is an essential, just so everybody knows. Yeah. Just so you know, period products should be well, free, making it a little bit political um... here. The fact that we have to pay for them is outrageous. <laughs> and the fact that the women in post-apocalyptic futures have to scavenge for them and men overlook it and say that it's not worthwhile. Typical. Good on you, Ellie. <laughs> when uh, when I messaged you, because uh, for somehow I managed to watch this before everyone else. Yeah, episode. I know, mad. It's ridiculous. Like usually, I watch things like six months after. <laughs> um, but when I when I messaged you and said, "There's one moment I know you're going to love," that was it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Shout out to the tampon." I've done a little drawing of a tampon in my notes. <laughs> <Good>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yesterday, yesterday was a minefield of because it wasn't until I think it was about half past ten when I finally managed to sit oh. down and watch it. And just it was like no Facebook, no Twitter, just, <laughs> just stay off everything <laughs> and that. Even Discord, I was like kind of peeking through at little points, and I appreciate everyone in Discord. Were like it's an amazing episode. That's it. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard for me so not hard. to just take over that channel <laughs> and just talk at people. Mm. 
Um, so I have some quite specific questions for you, actually, Math. So one of the things you were talking to Paul and I about was what you were hoping would be in the episode and what your expectations were. And I know you are a huge fan of Bill and you love mm. the interactions between Bill and Ellie. And obviously we don't get that. So by the time Joel and Ellie get to the house, get to Bill's town, Bill and Frank are dead. How do you feel the changes? So I want to talk specifically about Joel and Ellie and Bill's house and you missing out on having that back and forth. How do those changes work for you? I think the thing is, this is a TV show. So in the game, you play behind one person's perspective, whether it's Joel, whether it's Ellie, whichever. You're very limited, so they have to tell a story so whereas this you can explore all the different characters you can go down different things people are going to always complain and say it's not the game they've gone away from the source and this like right? it's not the game if you want the game go and play the game go and watch the game on youtube do that's fine this this like in the previous episodes they've changed up and i think it's for the better i don't think the other way around would have worked as much. I think it'd have been. I do miss the banter between Bill and Ellie because again, it would just. It's some of the best parts in the game. I really do enjoy that. I could see that could probably come further down the line. Maybe maybe Joe and Ellie might have that. Maybe another young character who might come up soon. They might have that, um, but it. The changes worked, and there was always that question about Frank. We, you know, we knew there was some formal relationship there through the game. If if people actually sit and read the, you know, the, the notes in the game and actually pay attention to what happens again, it's you're aware there's a relationship there. This just took that and it ran with it, and it was just, it it was beautiful. It really was. I mean, you know, it. We've had three episodes and I have cried in two of them already. And I'm not ashamed to say it because, it, you know, it, it's amazing writing what they've done and how they've done the story. And, it, and I think the fact that you can walk away from watching it and it's moved you. And, it, and it, I think it just shows how good they are at doing it. And that whoever takes the credit, whether it's Naughty Dog or it's HBO, or, you know, whichever writers are doing it, they're doing a fantastic job. And, and I just, I, th- I think the Frank and Bill stuff works so much better. And I, I can't see, unless we'd have played Frank or Bill in the game, it, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, there's uh, a really beautiful creative partnership between Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. I think it's sort of bringing two experts in their field, Neil from gaming, Craig from TV and script mm. writing and bringing them together. I think... HBO at some point it's gone well this is just gold dust isn't it like (laughs) I mean if I was the executive that signed that off I would be so flipping pleased with myself right now because it is that and if you listen to the official HBO podcast I don't listen to it to to any of them till after we've recorded um but you can they've got a lot of chemistry together and you can see that that they've had a lot of discussions not everything's in the show but they've really talked about things and talked through things and tried to take new approaches and it's for me if you listen to them talk it's fantastic they're like an old married couple (laughs) and it's like Neil will say something and 
then Craig Mazin would be like, oh, yeah, and then I did this, and I thought we could bring this into it. And it was like, yes, yes, and it was amazing. They've got absolute great chemistry. Um, they are Bill and Frank. Exactly, yeah. maybe they are Bill and Frank. Yeah. I did um, read something earlier. Apparently it was Craig that actually brought the idea of this episode, mm. and um, Neil just was like, tell me more. Yeah, sounds uh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> It sounds fantastic. So let's move on to sort of like the they get to Bill and Frank's house. We've t- sort of touched on it slightly. Joel sees that there's these little signs that things aren't right. The dead flowers. I was just mm-hmm. so floored when they go into the house and the half painted picture of Bill's still there. That it's life. You know. So in the other episodes, we've seen that life just ended that, you know, we've seen wine glasses filled with moss in the hotel and stuff like that. And the exact same thing happened for Bill and Frank, but peacefully. And I Mm. just like, you know, I was already in tears and just seeing that it was that Bill just took them both to bed and that's where they locked the door and that's where they died. And their lives stopped, but in the most like beautiful way rather than through horror. And then we get Joel sort of I think Ellie picks up on it for me my interpretation is that Ellie picks up on it way before Joel she sees the dinner there she sees the empty bag of drugs I feel like we suddenly get a stillness from Ellie which we don't get from before she's always somewhere trying to find things trying to find a bloody gun desperate to this is the first time she actually does what she's told yeah he says stay there and she does she totally understands and she just gets it that I, you know, before she even picks up the key in the letter, I feel like she's like, they are dead. Yeah. Mm. And she knows. I think that was really impactful for me. And obviously her reading the letter and then pausing for Tess and then mm. Joel going outside and Pedro Pascal's bloody powerhouse. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't need this right now. I'm already like crying <laughs> for the most beautiful love story in the world. But, like, I don't need that. Um, another impactful moment for me was Bill's laugh in the letter. Fantastic. Good old Bill. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Are there any things that really, there's one more thing that really stood out for me, but I realised I'm doing a lot of talking and I'm supposed to be the host. So, so Paul, you tell me a bit more about how you feel about the sort of ending section of the, of the show. Yeah, I think, um, I think for how switched on Joel generally is, he is he has a blind spot there you know i think that's that's starts to show when things get you know personal when things get close we all have a tendency to kind of like you know everything's fine we're all happy and i think that's where his mindset was you know because yeah the signs were there immediately you know the the everything that used to be cared for no longer is and he's just walking straight past it he probably knew that something wasn't quite right but he just wasn't prepared to accept it. Um, and yeah, the fact that Ellie, Ellie knew straight away, you know, she did exactly what she was told. She just sat down and waited, you know, she found the letter, read it. But yeah, I mean, his acting is just amazing. He went through every single possible emotion without saying a single word. I didn't know if he was going to scream or cry or run out the door or I don't know what, but yeah, that was amazing. That amazing acting there. Um, and I, yeah, I was nearly going to scream at the TV when, um, they did walk in there. Like if Bill was going to be stood there, 
I was gonna I was gonna destroy something because yeah, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, that no, don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, imagine yeah. if they'd done that because you, because you know you've got the game in your head as yeah. well that Bill's still alive. And yeah, like I, I mean, they, they couldn't. I think they've they've done they've, they've done, done us done, enough damage. Yeah. <laughs> Just in a broken build, just being like, oh, the drugs didn't work on me. I'd be like, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, I no. do not have the capacity for this right now. I was preparing myself for it. Because mm. uh, uh, just, yeah. <laughs> it's so much more beautiful than going yeah. together. Just, you know, we'll get on to talking about them. We get some lovely bits. We get Ellie getting her T-shirt. We get Ellie not understanding cars or seatbelts, which is amazing. Saying it's like a spaceship. Ellie, bless you. <laughs> you might not be blown by electric cars, Ellie. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do like the when Joel pops a hood and the battery's not there. Yeah. I just thought, oh, that's brilliant. Mate. It's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's in game. And the fact that then he kind of sees, oh, I know Bill. He's gonna be, and he goes and he puts the budget together. I just thought yeah. that would be. I I also like the bit in the letter where it's like, please don't come in. Yeah. You know, we've left the window open so there won't be, so there won't be a bad smell. But please don't come in. And it, it, it's it's that nice respect thing of the fact that obviously I don't think they would have gone in anyway once I'd read that. But it was just an, another thing of look, we we've made our decision. This is what we've done. You don't need to see that, you know, just move on. And from the looks of it as well, it's probably only been maybe a week or two mm. uh, because like some of the food hadn't decomposed. It hadn't really gone proper mouldy. So, you know, it, they couldn't have missed him by much. Um, but yeah, it, it, for all that, a lot of this episode is not so much in the game. There was still nice sprinkle. Like, like the battery that is part of the game um, the town is different but again it, it's it's a different kind of community it, it wasn't in a church which I kind of thought oh I wonder if there's a church out there they're going to move in there but but again um, it was just it was just a, a perfect way to finish it really to finish at least Bill and Frank Stone yeah Let's talk about the letter. I'm going to read out a little section of the letter. I'm not an actor, so I apologise for butchering the entire delivery of this. I think but... I know the bit you're going to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is Bill's letter. I used to hate the world and I was happy when everyone died, but I was wrong because there's one person worth saving. That's what I did. I saved him and I protected him. That's why men like you and me are here. We have a job to do. And God help any motherfuckers who stand in our way. And I was just like, Bill, that is pure Bill. Like, that is a line delivery from the game that I can imagine Bill doing. It's what moves the rest of this story forward. Like, this for me is more motivation for Joel than pretty much anything that happens in the game. Like, having somebody not say it to his face, because obviously he can't, but state it so baldly at Joel about why brutal cut-off men like them exist in this world is just just it's just so wonderful and and it's telling Joel 
to try and start feeling some tenderness, find that person. It's that catalyst, isn't it? And it, it kind mm. of goes back to the last episode when Ellie says, save, save everyone you can. Mm. Uh, not Ellie, sorry, uh, Tess. When she says, you know, save who you can save. It, it, again, it ties it. It just it gives him that another person that he obviously respected a lot, and that uh, which I don't know how you want to do the Joel and Bill scene if you want to say that. So, you know, well, well, we'll get to it really soon. Yeah. The 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 final thing I just want to touch on on the end of this episode is the the shot of the window. So obviously, mm. incredibly famous. The window is incredibly famous from the first game. Um, when you complete the game, well, it's on the title screen, and then when you complete the game, Ellie's knife is against the window, his curtains blowing. It's for just a still shot of the window. It's incredibly moving at the start of a game and at the end of the game. <laughs> and there's a window shot in the second game that is incredibly important as well. And I love that they just pull back. We see the picture that Frank's drawn of Bill on the wall. We don't go into the bedroom. It's incredibly serene. It's incredibly, I, I don't. I found it very hopeful um, for a world that everybody lives in. And I'd say that about this whole episode, for a world that everybody lives in, apart from there is some action, you know, everything feels almost idyllic. And it's such an amazing sense of peace for the end of, of these two, two people's story. I uh, just... Just, I was like, oh, God, I can't believe you've blown me away with a bloody pulling out on a picture of a window, you bastards. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> but yeah. it's a, it's a perfect, it's that peaceful thing. I, I, you know, if if they'd have they'd have spoiled it by showing Bill and Frank or anything like that, that would have spoiled it. The fact that you know you can imagine in your mind that they've just drifted off to sleep together. And that's it. You know, they're embraced together, and that's that's how how it ends. That's how their story ends. You know, we move on with Ellie and Joel, but it, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it is like a, a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. It's it's mm. it's the right way to do it. Yeah. Right then, let's talk about love. Let's talk about <laughs> great love stories. Great, beautiful love stories breaking our hearts with happiness. Let's get on to it. Let's get on to yeah. Bill and Frank. Yeah. This is this is the bit I didn't like. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, downvote it on IMDb. Yeah, just so, just bombs. watch that fifteen minutes of Joel and Emmy. That's <laughs> yeah, you don't need any of it. The rest of it's filler. Like, go and eat some strawberries whilst you do it, though. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. <laughs> strawberries. Why have you betrayed me? I know. I hate strawberries now. I don't. I love you, strawberries. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> So, I mean, I don't even know where to start on this bit. I've got so many notes. I've got specific questions, but I think it's going to all come out naturally in our conversation. We get to see Bill and Frank over the span of 20 years. And it's just, let's talk about maybe performances first. So let's just all lose our minds about Hmm. just, oh my God, I don't even like, (laughs) guys. (laughs) <laughs> about Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett, like just 
Well, I mean, it's done. They're so amazing. So let's oh, uh, yeah. let's. Well, I'd, I'd, I've gone off my notes. <laughs> too excited. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we know this Forget is them. trouble, isn't it? Forget that. <laughs> I mean, it's like I mean, Bill. I mean, you know, the, you've already covered it, but him kind of you know putting the the boat on and going around and prepping and getting mm. everything ready and you know he, he's setting up the booby traps and stuff, which I, I love that. I love the fact that we got the booby traps in there. Um, and you can just see, and you know, he's obviously got a really good wine cellar. You know, he's that's the got, wine shop. I love uh, that he like makes sure the wine shops in his little town yeah. get the fences around the wine shop and the boutique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see this prepping of him and this excitement, and you know, he's he's really happy and he's happy to be in his own because he doesn't like people. You know, mm. they're paying ass, and that, he, and. It, it was just lovely to kind of see that. And even when we see one of the runners or walkers, I suppose, kind of coming in shot and it, you know, it beeps, he looks up and he watches it get shot in the head and he's like, ha ha ha. Well, that's so but, interesting about Bill, isn't it? That he eats his dinner whilst watching violence. Yeah. You know, for him, it's, that's his dinner entertainment. And that changes mm. for me. I mean, we don't especially see it, but when Frank's there, He's not in front of any screens. I mean, I doubt Frank would put up with watching any of that whilst having dinner. Frank is little open book, gentle soul. Um, yeah, it just shows that like he's got this whole wonderful town around him. He's got this great house on top of him. But at that point, his only focus is the protection of his little area. Like He is obviously prepared for this his whole life, basically. Like As Frank will say later, you know, thinking the government are Nazis. They are Nazis. They are now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they I love before. that so much. <laughs> but but he's that... obviously been planning this for a very long time. Before the government were Nazis, he knew exactly what to do at every moment. And when he was proved right, he was so happy. He was and, elated. And and that's the thing. He he has prepped for this, and he knows what he's doing, and he yeah. is focused, and this is my, you know, my bastion. No one's going to get through this. And the fact Frank turns up and it just is like forget that now. It's like it's like you and your notes here. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you start off with a plan and it's like, who needs that? And I now don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to run with it because it's going to be a lot more fun than I. You know, the, the, there's an element he realizes he was just existing. Yes. Yeah. Whereas now he's living, yeah. and Absolutely. you could argue the fact that you know I don't know how old Bill was when it happened, but probably, you know, late 20s, 30s, maybe. No, oh, I'd say... No, probably actually 30s, uh, say, 40s. Oh, he's older than Joel, so I'd say... So Joel's like 34 when out, right. the outbreak yeah. happened, so I'd say that he's probably like in his 40s. Right. I'd say early 40s, yeah. 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 So even there, he was just existing because he always thought the government was, you know, yeah. out to get him. And he, he had to be ready for this. And it's not until Frank turns up and he, he he lets him in. You can see straight away there's a there's a little spark because he he has had no human contact. Because mm. for I think at that point it was what were we going on six years. No, it's uh, no. oh no no it's four years four so. years four years. We've got a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Better look at those notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's there's um there's something in Frank that he doesn't know he needs, right? Mm -hmm. 
in a, and you see that in these very short scenes when he first meets Frank. I mean, the introduction of Frank is just absolutely him in that hole, and he's like, oh, yeah. I can't even lie. <laughs> and he sighs, he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, so useless at this. Because he, he, he is just an open book, this whole episode. Frank is who he is, and he's completely comfortable with who he is. He's got nothing to hide. He's a bit of an Ellie in the fact that he talks too much and shares too mm. much. Um, and I love that. And he's like, oh, fuck. I'm just telling this man everything. Like he's got a gun pointing at me. I'm just really hungry. When he says, "Like I haven't eaten for two days," doesn't actually sound like much when you say it out loud. And I was like, I mean, that's a real line, if anything. Like me just saying my inner thoughts out. So I very much appreciated that. But yeah, he's just, you know, Bill is a positive, and I feel, not Bill Frank is a positive, and I feel like Bill hasn't had that in his life. Mm. Like he obviously has lived at home. For me, it feels like he cared for his mother because she's, Mm. you know, she's no longer there. He knows how to care for Bill later on, for Frank later in the episode. Um, And so it's just been lonely. I almost feel like him being gay isn't a huge part of who he is because he's never had a chance to know who he is. Mm. It's always been him in his own isolated world by himself. And it's Frank that brings that out of him. It's somebody for him to love that brings that out of him. And I just, just like, <laughs> when Frank's sharing and feels like, oh, I've got his clothes. Oh, why am I talking to this guy? <laughs> like, there's such hesitancy, but also, like, he must just be craving, craving having somebody having that spark with them. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take much for him to slowly let Frank in. You know, Frank needs something. And, you know, deep down, Bill is a good guy. So he's, it doesn't take much for him to sort of say, okay, you know, you can come into my space. And then I think it's as soon as Frank starts showing appreciation for what Bill has, Bill loves it. Mm-hmm. Like just this idea of someone who is there that's saying, you know, you've done a good job, you're doing good things, you know, this is a great place that you've built, you know, this is a wonderful house, you've got great things around you, this is amazing food. It's Bill is craving that. Mm. You've got hot water. <gasps> you've yeah. got hot water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, Bill's just living a normal life. Right? He doesn't realize how mm. lucky he is. Mm. Absolutely. And he, make, and he makes that meal of the rabbit and he turns the plate as if it would be him eating yeah. it, like turns it mm. to himself. And then uh, j- just Murray Bartlett is so excited when he sees food. Yeah. Like his just his little face, just the absolute joy. Like I could just watch this over and over again just to see, ex- just like watch somebody experiencing joy. It's so wonderful. It's one of those, there's a, there's a lot of face acting in this episode there's a lot of expressions that just it tells that story without them having to say too much you know the the piano scene you can see that intimacy between them before anything actually happens i mean you can first see the when he plays which i'm assuming i don't know if he says or it it, it comes across that, that was mother's tune and he's um, like, yuck, Ooh, what's yeah. this yuck? <laughs> that was like amazing. <laughs> but it, it's like when he plays it and it's like, no, 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 that. And that. And, but you can see a wall breaking down with Bill and that. And it's like I'm, I'm letting someone in to communicate with me in a certain way. And then it's so, I mean, you know, 
I suppose the only way you could have beaten that scene is if Piano Frog had come bouncing well, oh, along. Piano Frog is such a legend. <laughs> but, oh, I was like, come on, there's got to be like a just let him go on the keys because we, well, uh, we get because we get because we get Frank and his terrible back <laughs> with the keys and singing, which again is me. I feel very much like I'm kind of a Frank. I'm like, ah, just go for it, butchering the song. And we get this beautiful performance. Yeah of Bill on the piano and singing the song, so vulnerable. And I don't know about you, but as a viewer, I felt vulnerable watching it. I was like, this is a side that Bill doesn't, has never let anybody see. Like, it's almost as if Frank isn't in the room. Hmm. And then Frank's just like that tear. And then he's touched him says, who's, who, what girl is this for? Oh my God. (sighs) And then he tells him, go take a shower. Yeah, and I, I, know. I was like, oh. yes, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is, it's that, it's all them balances kind of broke down mm-hmm. between them both. And there's there's just so much chemistry between them both. You just, yeah, you kind of feel a bit rude to kind of be watching them to a certain degree because, you know, this is their intimate moment, you know, before even going up to the bedroom. I mean, you know, the bit when it does pan up to the bedroom and Frank sat sat there in bed, just hands <laughs> kind of waiting. on his legs, you know, just patiently waiting. I just thought, oh, it's, it, it's that lovely shot. But again, although Frank is more kind of the more dominant one of this, there's still quite a, like a an innocence to him sat there waiting. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and once Bill comes in, there's a lot of respect there. There's a lot of, you know, is this your first time? And it, again, it, it's, it, it was like, you know, obviously they were soulmates and it was beautiful to watch these two soulmates meeting and experience all this with them. Yeah. The, the body language that Nick Offerman brings to this mm. is absolutely ridiculous levels i mean when they when he stands up from the piano and goes in for the kiss and the way that nick offerman just kind of he kind of is really timid and slightly pulls away and it just suddenly becomes really small in his body Mm. and it's just such good body acting it's amazing and while he's playing and yeah that song obviously means so much to him because yeah going through all of it this is obviously your mum's yeah this seems more like you and he just can't bear to have his song played badly (laughs) he just can't do it and apparently that song the bit that he stops him off at and says not from here um the song is all about like love that wasn't you know love that could have been and wasn't and he just can't no you can't do that to this part of the song you can't do that this needs this needs love you this this can't be you just going plink 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 like frog (laughs) hey Piano talks a genius. And yeah, the the body language that he brings to it is is just sublime. Every because suddenly he's gone from Bill the Macho Man to you know little timid Bill who you know doesn't really know what he's doing. I think you feel it though. I mean, we've all been in that situation of that. I I, I like this person, but I, I don't know how. To express that, how to feel that, how to do that, that that innocence. And like we said, you know, he's gone from being this big kind of macho man of of what he thinks he is to all of a sudden the rug's being pulled from him. And he's like, 
I don't know what to do. Mm. And that, but he trusts Frank to kind of show him the right way. Mm. It's just, again, it, you know, it, it's so emotional. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're all just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't cry. I won't cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then uh, that's actually a really good lead into we get to three years later, 2010. So <laughs> back in 2017, not 2017, 2007, sorry, we get Frank saying, oh, I'll just stay a few, a few days. Cut, we're in 2010, three years later, and they are having the most realistic couple fight yeah. again ever, like proper having a go at each other. And then one of them has to centre themselves and be like, okay, I need to stop. I need to listen. I'm a grown-up. <laughs> We have been in a long-term committed relationship. We need to come to a resolution for this. And that person is weirdly Bill. Yeah. Like when when Frank comes storming out of the house, I was like, oh, is this going to be it? Is this when Frank storms off, like the game? Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, they can't do that to us after what we've just seen. <laughs> oh. But no, it's not. And they have this wonderful, mature, grown-up conversation. Like they're still emotional and angry at each other but they listen and they try and understand each other's viewpoint and it's such a short scene I was like it's so great and I love that you know we've got Frank talking about this isn't just them living it's a home the whole place is their home and you've got to take care of it and that's you know Frank tends to things that's important to him growing things the presentation of things because he wants life to be beautiful and hopeful he doesn't just want to survive he wants to build this life with bill yeah and paying just, attention to things is yeah. how we show love oh i love it love it and and they pay attention to their relationship in that yeah. argument by stopping and listening and even if bill doesn't understand it, and then he gets angry so they have this argument but and i want to do up the boutique and bill goes well who's coming we don't have any friends. And Frank's like, well, surprise, we're going to have some friends. We've been talking to a lovely lady on the radio. And Bill's so angry. And then the very next cut is with Joel and Tess having a garden party <laughs> with Bill and Frank. And it's like, so we've got Bill being really angry. And then in the very next cut, we've got Bill having acquiesced yeah. to Frank. And it's like, I just, I just love that 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 says so much. They're not showing us anything, and they're and they're still telling us. It says so much. It's so fantastic. So let's talk about. I love a dinner scene. We'll look. I'm sure if you've heard me talk about it before, like dinner scenes are my jam. I tend to prefer uncomfortable dinner scenes. I find them like either hilarious or mortifying, and I just, I think dinner scenes can be so interesting, and we get an interesting dinner scene here. Are we going to break it down or are we just going to talk about our general thoughts and feelings <laughs> of this dinner scene? Because this dinner scene's big for me. Love a dinner scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a great one. It's just great. <laughs> it, it, that, that bit, Frank's sat there with a the gun and he's just like yeah. picking it up, putting it out, picking it up, putting it You know, it, he's so uncomfortable. And, and, and Joel's a little bit that, but he's it, a bit more centred in himself. But the mm. fact that Tess and and Frank are just kind of passing with each other and just having that, you know, that conversation. That, but 
your focus is on Bill of just seeing what he's doing and he's kind of, you know, sat like, a, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here, five more minutes we're leaving kind of thing, you know, can I go now? I'm, I'm playing ball so that you feel that you're part of the relationship, but I'm not happy with this. <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of what Frank is obviously in this relationship, but he doesn't feel that he's giving anything and he's wanting to give something back. That's, that's you know, doing up the boutique, painting, uh, getting the red paint that he wanted. And that he wants to give back to the relationship. He wants to build it. He wants to be experience more things. He, he doesn't want Bill just to be this isolated person. And that, and yeah, the dinner scene is just, and when he's like, right, come on, I've got to show you the house. And Bill's like, no, <laughs> not inside. Not inside. <laughs> I love, That's love Frank and Tess being, Tess being instant best friends. Like, yes, buddies. And Tess is so carefree. She seems yeah. so carefree, sat with them, so different to the tests that we met previously, that, you know, the test 10 years later, right? She's so different and open and not ravaged by survival. That was so lovely. Anna Torv, just, oh, just in the smallest scene and again, bringing so much. And then we get the lovely sort of, so Tess and Frank go off inside, not inside. And then we get Joel and Bill chatting away and he... Any fun thoughts on that, Paul? It's funny because again, they're both they're both a little bit broken. You know, they can understand each other's point of view, but you know, Joel still. It's interesting because Joel at this point is still kind of wanting to help. Uh, it makes you slightly more intrigued about exactly what's happened to Joel. Like, where does this sit in the timeline of everything else? Because he's uncomfortable. But he also sees the possibility of some sort of connection, whether it's, you know, whether it is friendship or whether it's just trading, you know, barter, they can get something out of this. Bill can get something out of this. But Bill is just, we're happy. We don't need you. Mm. We've got what we need. But Joel's like, you know, we can offer you something. And here's here's a problem that I can directly see with your fence and I can help you with it. We can be whatever it is we can be. It's so interesting to see. Like, where is Joel in, at this point, you know? Because it almost seems like from there to later on, he's almost gone a bit more downhill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says something interesting, doesn't he, about Tess? He says, it's if my, yeah. if mine. If my, you know, if mine, yeah. yeah. At first you're like, is he, is he saying this for Bill? Mm-hmm. Because Bill might not want to accept, say outwardly, what their relationship is or is he saying it for himself he doesn't want to say what their relationship is which side is it is he being respectful or is he being really insecure himself yeah you know tess is clearly his person yeah. i mean he's there because of tess there's no oh, way yeah. like <laughs> tess you know is the boss um and the fact that i feel like he's there begrudgingly as much as bill is yeah. and he's trying to get a handle on how he talks about Tess with other people, which is very interesting when we've been that, right? When you really like somebody and you want them to be, you want them to be yours and they meet your friends and you're like, oh, this is my friend. We're dating my boyfriend, the person I think I'm going to marry, you know, we're going to be together. We're going to be lifelong partners. 
uh, we can have lots of babies or no babies, we can have lots of puppies. And you're like, oh my God, what the hell do I say? Like, you don't know, I feel like it's very much that moment. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a nice thing because you, you have got Bill and uh, Joel sat there and they are so alike. Mm. And they're like the, the hard men, the kind of, you know, but really the people that run the show are the two that have just wandered off. Yeah. And that, and they're just, they're still trying to act as if I'm the one in charge, knowing full well that both of them are full of it because they're not. And that they're there. And Joel probably wouldn't still be around if it wasn't for Tess. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have survived as long as what he did because he needed someone who was strong enough to kind of point him in the right direction and, and get him to do what he needed to do. And that. Bill's the same. Yeah, Bill would, he would survive. Probably not. I mean, the real is when he discusses the fence and says, look, you know, that's not going to last for long. You know, that will come down. Then you're going to get raiders and you get the realism then of shit. I thought we had this secure, but now it's not just me. I've got Frank to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to work with these guys because this is my person who I care about and I can't let anything happen to him. So once he kind of, Joel explains that to him, you do see a slight relax of Bill of shit is right. We've got to make this work. You know, I'm still going to be this hard, this hard bastard. But again, it's that facial expressions Mm. that they all just seem to just pull off really well. I think Joel still would be around, but I think he'd be in a very, 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 very bad place, mm. much like Bill would be. And I think as we get to the end of this episode, we are very much given that who Bill could have become is a cautionary tale for Joel. Mm. And that's what propels the story forward. So we're going to start talking about some of the best scenes in this episode, which is hard all because them. all of them are amazing. But we're going to get to three more, three years later after this, 2013, and Frank and Bill are jogging. Frank is full of life and annoying. I am Bill running behind out of breath, <laughs> being like, why are you making me do this? I'm old, my knees hurt, and I've got a stitch. And Frank has the most wonderful surprise. I'm going to cry, guys. I it's think fucking fact, strawberries. Strawberries. Fucking before, strawberries. Before that, I just like the fact that this is just me and Amanda. Uh, <laughs> when Frank, Frank says, I've got something to show you. And Bill's face is just, oh, exactly, oh, all right, here we go. It's not that. Oh. I love that line. Of, it's not, come on, Bill, get your mind out of the gut. It's beautiful, fresh strawberries. Like, just, it's so wonderful. And, and, and even the strawberry bit when they they embrace again, it's like <laughs> not the strawberries. Not the strawberries. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, oh, Bill in this scene is just amazing. Yeah. But nothing will beat for me. Frank trading a gun for yeah. seeds, trading violence for for life, for life and gentleness and sweetness and something fresh. Special that red, that red of the strawberries against mm. the ground. You know the red that we've seen so far is a lot of blood and and just that. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And then of course we get the also the small gun. Yeah, Don't just worry. a little one. Yeah. Don't worry. Each gun, small one. 
he accepts it's still important for Bill, but yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's just yeah. <laughs> Go on, I know you got something to say about the strawberry scene, Paul. I know because you and I were like, "Oh, strawberries! God damn you!" Oh, those damn strawberries—they just lead you into this. They're just a lovely symbol of the wonderful life that they are now having. Like they've managed to take such a breather that he's managed to trade them, care for them, grow them. I still managed to hide it from Bill somehow, which must have been an impossible task because, you know, I imagine Bill probably does a walk around the whole compound <laughs> like every day just to check what has changed. So that must have taken so much time and so much effort and he's managed to keep it a secret and he's done it all just for that one moment and them eating those strawberries. <sighs> they are like brought to tears over the a strawberry cheers. the little yeah. tears oh and bill well, smells bill, it before he eats yeah. it bill eats the, the stock i don't like it when people do that <laughs> i mean uh, but just... i mean i would like yeah. when was the last time they saw strawberries like you don't waste anything again this food for me watching it food is important because they're not wasting anything you pick that strawberry you're not cutting off the you're not hulling it. You're just experiencing that because it's those joys that you it, are it, no longer having in your yeah. life. It's also a point out that obviously this trade between Joel and Tess with them is working because that's mm. how they've got this. So it, again, just a simple line of I traded it for a gun means that you realise that they have got a trade going. There is a relationship between both groups. So they are working together. You know, we get that scene later on with Joel when he puts the code to go and get into the gate. Obviously, they have built this relationship. Yeah. But if if we'd have had that and Joel just puts the code in and gets in the gate, you'd be thinking, well, how? But obviously, this shows that they have done, you know, they've done the trading, they've done the work to get to this relationship that they've got. Yeah, and we get two things that just devastated me which was like I know where this story is going which was Bill saying I was never afraid before you showed up yeah. and I was like I mean that's sums up a lot I you know I worry a lot about my other half car crashes dying heart attacks any sort of random thing that's going to happen and that genuinely scares me being without him and I was like what a universal feeling, not just for romantic love, but for all love, you know, mm. for, for your best friends, for your family, for like your freaking cat, you know. It's like in this episode, you know, in this episode that he's specifically talking about romantic love, but I think it's something that everybody understands that suddenly there's something in your life that you care so deeply about and the fear of losing that is horrific, often irrational, but, you know, we're human beings, so who cares about being rational all the time? <laughs> and also, one thing, I'd, what I love about this love story is we're so used to seeing love stories between two beautiful young people. And this is a very specific middle-aged love story. I'm not middle-aged yet, I'm only 40, so I've got 10 more years to go. Um, but a long-term middle-aged love story. This is people who met 
what would some people say later in life, we're still young, thank you very much, um, <laughs> and started that relationship. And it's loving, it's tender, it's sexual, it's they fight, they love, they talk, they listen. It's a fully rounded, proper love story between two middle-aged men. And when the hell do we see that? We yeah. never see that. And so openly having one of them fearing that they're getting old and that they're going to die before the other one and it not being at this stage about the tragedy of one of them getting an illness and dying you know that's not on their horizon they don't know what's going to happen in the rest of this episode they don't know what's going to happen in the rest of their lives because that's the stories we're told right we're told we're told stories like still alice right the oscar nominated film with her name's of the actress who completely just went out of my julianne moore and she gets Alzheimer's and she starts, you know, that's the crux of the story right. normally. If you have middle-aged love stories, they're the stories you get. One of them gets ill and we get to see the tragedy of that person dying and how they all deal with it. That is normally a middle-aged love story. Or it's a funny joke, you want all middle-aged people having sex. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But they're still like two gorgeous, white, straight, middle-aged people, right? We never get this story. No. And the fact that this is on screen is so beautifully rendered. And it's for me this scene when he's talking about getting old and feeling getting old that that I felt the impact of having this particular story being told. Yeah, and Frank says, doesn't he? You know, it, I like. I, what is it? I like you being old because mm. it means it means we're, we're getting old. Or yeah, mm. we're still here. It, that's just such a you know, just a simple line, but it it shows everything that they've gone through because every day is a blessing. Is you know. As you say, it's not the stereotypical, you know, someone gets ill and then every day is a blessing. No, every day is a blessing because you have no idea what's going to happen. Like anything could happen at any point and you've just got to take it while you can and finding strawberries. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry. Why did you say it like that? The thing is, it works because <sighs> we can relate to that. That is how we are in a relationship. We're not all this... You know, amazing. I mean, I'm glad this is on video. I don't think this is on video. No. And that you can't see my face. This. I've got a face for podcasting, trust me. <laughs> and that, you know. Don't put yourself down <laughs> having that. No. Right. But it, Everyone's it's... beautiful. Take that back. The thing is, they, they have. I'll take it back then. Because when Amanda was. I was going to force you be... to take that back. <laughs> yeah. I was going to let you t- say your piece and then be like, dude, you've not taken it back. But it, the thing is, you can relate to them because. You know, the, the fact that they argue over red paint, they argue over silly little things. You two are actually going to make they, me cry. Please yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> I've, on, got, sorry. I've got a bet with someone to see if we can... Would you please say please? You feel for them because you can put yourself in that place. Mm. And yeah. that's why it works, because you can relate to them. So many times you'll watch love stories and you see, you know, Ryan Reynolds and someone else, and you think, yeah, but I don't have that body. I can't do them things. And that, it, it, it's a lovely story, but I can't relate to that. Whereas this, you can. And they're growing old together. I mean, you know, me and Amanda have discussed it before, like, you know, who's going to be pushing who in the wheelchair? Um, how we're going to grow old together and yes there is the sexual side of it but it's a realism the fact that you know as you get older it's not about that kind of stuff it's about being together being 
a soulmate together, looking after each other, being there for each other, and that that's where the true love is. You know, us seeing Bill caring for Frank, and that is is what we would do for our partners. You know, it's, and that's where it starts upon the heartstrings because you can see the fact that that would be me and that would be my partner because I love them so much. I would do that for them. You know, and when we get to the end of this, I mean, I, I don't want to push forward too much. But when no, we no, to... let's let's start, let's start moving to it if, if you don't mind, unless yeah. you, you, know, you... you want to finish that thought. We, I think we need to talk about the Raiders first, and yes, how I think you know, for a very short scene again, it's very interesting. So, it's raining. Frank wakes up. He can hear explosions and gunfire. Bill isn't there. Frank scrambles around the house, finds his gun. Frank and his one gun in the dresser. Which like it's clever. it's clever because it's... Of, yeah, it's it the gun that Ellie with, finds. Yeah, yeah, it's the gun that Ellie gets. And, you know, Bill's out there on the street firing. And I was reading something. I'm, I'm trying to avoid lots of things, but I was on Reddit and I read somebody ask the question, why is Bill just out there in the open? And for me, the, the immediate thought was because he's protecting Frank. He didn't yeah. think he ran and got his gun and went out. And funny enough, that's what all the comments said as well, I think, because we're just so in love with them. We're like, who cares? Plus storytelling. Um, it's his. And he's, he's like, yeah. you are not coming in here. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the Gandalf moment. You shall not pass. Yes. I, I am yeah. here and you will not get past me. It doesn't matter what you've got. I am going to find what, what is mine and I will yeah. protect what is mine. So he didn't care about himself. Again, it's that thing of until he met Frank, and that he didn't have a reason to live. And now he has. He's got a reason to live and to protect Frank. And he, there's no way he was going to let anyone go past. And the only reason he backed, I mean, I know he gets shot, but the only reason he does kind of stop and back off is because Frank's there. And he's like, oh, yeah. his focus completely changed mm-hmm. to the person that he thought he was protecting who was safe. He's all in the firing line. He's like, shit. Yeah. And then he lets his guy down and he, he, he gets shot. Yeah, and I thought, oh, are you going to twist the story if it really does? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's when he's he's laying on a table and Frank's looking after him, and he's he thinks he's dying, and he's telling Frank what he needs to do, like you know, speak to Joel. There's copies of all the keys and all, but he says to Frank, the fences, the traps, everything. They will take care of the raiders. Don't go out there. Bill knows he didn't need to be out there. But he was out there because he was angry. He was out there because they were coming into their space. He was not going to let them come anywhere near his space. This is what he has built for himself and Frank. He doesn't want them. Like mm. He he could have just sat in his little bunker and watched on the cameras like he would have done before and watched them all getting caught in the traps. He didn't need to be out there, but he he was being Papa Bear. Mm. Like, this is my era. This is my family. How dare you? Mm. and then yeah and then, he's on and the then we get emotional bill as well you know it's bill yeah. who's emotional in this when he's shot he's he's scared and he's scared yeah. for frank he's scared he's gonna die and frank is not this is frank this is the frank who takes care of things mm. you know frank has been nurturing this whole town this whole street this whole house he's been nurturing bill and he's not gonna let bill go at, at this point either he's like it's just not happening you know there's no way frank is gonna let bill die and he's all practical and he's all like, we've got this. I'm fixing you up. Don't need to call Joel. 
we got this. And then we get to 2023. Are we all ready? No. Are we all ready? And it's it, interesting oh, how they did that first healthy. shot. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go when for they it. um when they pulled out and you can see someone in the wheelchair. I thought that was Bill. I thought, uh, you know, Bill's now in the wheelchair. Frank's having to look after him because of the injury. Like, how are they going to play this? And it's only as they sort of start to zoom in. Um, and then you start to realise what's going on. And there's a, a shot a little bit later where they sort of, the camera goes through some of the buildings and you can see all the buildings that Frank didn't look after and they're all decaying and and it's like he made sure that the bills they need the buildings they needed they were looked after and it worked because the buildings he didn't look after are now decaying um but yeah that moment where they they give you the sort of you don't know what's about to happen (laughs) and um and yeah it pulls in and we realize that it's frank in the wheelchair um yeah i couldn't deal with that yeah, it was so, so beautiful, though. Just it's Bill who's tending the plants, who's watering the plants. Yeah. That was definitely Frank's job beforehand. Mm. Frank is keeping up this pretense whilst he's painting, and Bill winks at him, and my little heart breaks. And then you see Frank's face just drop as soon as Bill can't see him anymore. Frank knows he's, you know, he's made his decision here that this is it. He's They're going to go to bed, and it's going to be... The next day is going to be his last day. He just needs to tell Bill about it. And then, you know, we get Bill being the tear cake, cake, counting out the pills. We see that Frank's put out some fun in Bill. He's talking about orangey pill, whitey pill, big roundy pill. And there's a softness in Bill that we've not seen before that taking care of Frank has brought out in him. But also, it's like just the fact that they have the pills. What did Bill have to trade for those pills? Well, I can. Bill would have traded anything, right? Yeah. He would have done anything. It's lovely as well. We've seen that Frank has obviously been painting, and throughout the house, there's pictures and lots of pictures. There's a picture of Joel, and I do like the fact that obviously, whether they got Joel to stand there, which would be crying. But it, I don't. I think I saw one of Tess. Um, I was meant to go back, but today's just been a bit of a... So, but the fact, there's so many of Bill, and, you know, mm. it, it, it's just, it shows the fact that he's, you know, the care that he's put into this. And the fact that you see this one that he's, he's painting now, he's really struggling. Yeah. You can see that, you know, it, he knows the illness is taking him at this point. Because the half of the face is, is is the way it should be, and it's slowly starting to just fall away. And he knows he's now on borrowed time, and he's he's going to have to make this decision to tell to tell Bill the way he wants to go, and it's the way he wants to go, not mm. not the world to decide or anyone else decide. It's the way that he wants to do, and that, and you know if. The courage that, you know, I mean, the, again, the emotion between them both there and how how Frank is, again, the mature one of, look, this is, this is what we're going to do. And then and you can see Bill just fighting it back, fighting it back. And he's like, 
do you love me? And that's the point when it just gets you and you think, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you would do anything, you know, however much this hurts. This is where they want to go out with a bit of dignity. Hmm. Said that you would cry first. Man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting close to it myself here, but it's... and it's it's so beautifully framed. So you know you're talking about the last day and and Frank's in his wheelchair and Bill sat on the sofa. And there's a distance between hmm. them. And if you go back and watch it a second time, they do very interesting things with distances between these two characters throughout the time that they're together. And once they become intimate together, you know when you first they're first having dinner, they're at either end of the table when we see them having dinner in the future that's they're sat next to each other around the corner of the table when they have an argument there's that distance between each other and then when they're back at the table with with Tess and Joel they're again next to you know it it's all very it's all done on purpose and it's a wonderful Mm. visual way to show how they will always come back together always be connected they'll always have that closeness and whilst Frank is telling Bill when he initially tells him there's that distance on that sofa and then Frank's like I'm not having it you come here and they hold hands and and it's that respect that they still have for each other after 20 years Mm. and that affection and that I will sit here and even if it's news I do not like and I don't like what you're saying I will sit here I'll treat you with dignity and respect I will love you I will hold you and I will do what you ask. And it it's just that simple, him moving up the sofa and they're together, they're a team. Yeah. Mm. But you can see it's so much effort for him to Mm. move across. You know, you can see he's really struggling. Like it's taking its toll on him as well. (sighs) And then he, he, and he fulfills Frank's wishes. I think something I sort of was thinking about and I thought I'd go and look it up and my notes are a bit, all over the place on this one but so the outbreak happens in 2003 gay marriage was not legalized at this time for for where they were for the state where they were so they never at any point had gay gay marriage be legalized Mm. and now we're 20 years in the future and they decide to go and get married and do it on their own terms in their beautiful suits. How those suits have lasted 20 years in that boutique, <laughs> I am. I, I think Frank probably read them. Do you reckon, <laughs> I would not put it past him. Do you reckon he, he was, uh, he was yeah. dry cleaning them as well, like every, every month or so? Um, well, he did say he was going to look after the boutique. So Yeah, it, true. You know, it, it's, you know, a fold, foreshadowing for this, yeah. maybe. I don't know, but... Yeah, it's just. I mean, the bit when they sat there and they're exchanging rings. Again, it, it it just it just pulls so many emotions from you, and you you just it, like I said before, you, you feel a little bit guilty that you're watching this, but you also feel so honoured to kind of share this with them. Mm. And that, and I, I know it's just a TV show. I know that, but it's I, not I just don't. A TV I show, don't care. Though. It, media it, and media and the things we consume reflect real life. They yeah. are important. Yeah. But, I can't. But that's why it works. Like, it's not like things like this are important. Look how we are talking about this story. It's it's not just a TV show. We don't have time. I'm trying to wrap it up, and now I'm about to go on my rant about how media reflects the life that we lead. Um, so sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, but but that's why it works because it 
although it is just a TV show, it's saying so much and mm-hmm. it's saying that, you know, live your life like this. It doesn't matter whether, you know, this person's black, white, pink, blue, you know, male, female, whatever. You know, if you've met someone, then, then fight to be that, that someone, you know, protect them, be with them. Don't, don't give a shit what anyone else says. Make sure that you're happy with that. Mm. And it, it's just, it's a beautiful moment. And it, it was just one day that you see, but you just, you, you just go along with them so much. And it, I was dreading that, that meal scene. I'm just thinking that because still at that point, I was a little bit in the game. Bill is still alive. How how awful is that going to be for Bill to go mm. take him to bed? Yeah. For a while he's going to end. At that point, I'm then thinking, this is is this going to be a Romeo and Juliet scene? Is this what's going to happen? I think, you know, which again, it, it, it's perfect. It's perfect how they do it. Yeah. I want to, before the final scene, I want to give a shout out to Bill's, uh, well, Frank's hole that's still there. Bill never covers it up. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what a romantic gesture. Like, <laughs> that's the hole where I met Frank. I'm never covering up. I may have some issues with romance, a bit special. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was, but, but I love and they chose to show that. They chose to yeah. show Frank's hole. Like, this is where they first met. This is where the story started. They're telling us the story is about to end. And, you know, it's like you, I went into it going, I can't see how Bill comes out of this alive. And especially when they're, you know, they're showing them getting married and Frank pointing at the flowers and talking about the flowers and then showing Frank's hole. I I started to get that feeling. I was like, okay, Bill is not going to survive this, but I don't know how. Mm. And I'm, I wasn't concerned because I was like, I've looked at this, I've watched this whole thing. They're going to handle it amazing. But I was just like, I just... There's some things I don't want them to do. I don't want to see it. I don't want it to be Bill crying, gun to his face, gun to his head. I don't want any of that. I want it to truly reflect their relationship. And I think that's exactly what they do. They handle it with such care and such love. And it's not Romeo and Juliet. It's not, for me personally, it's not tragic. I think it's incredibly beautiful, you know, Obviously, I think we have such an interesting take on death in our society that it's often a sad thing. And I, I think I've spoken to you about this, Paul. I, when I have my funeral, I don't want a funeral, but yeah. I want I want a celebration of my life. My life's been amazing. I've met and loved both romantically and not romantically amazing and beautiful people. I want that to be remembered. I want all the amazing things I've experienced. We only live one life. We have one life. We've got to start living these lives, guys. Even if it's not what other people, you know, other people live their lives by going off to all these destinations and doing that. If you want to do that, fine. But if you don't want to do that, don't do that. Do your life. Live your life. We have one life. And I love that that's how this feels at the end, that they created this life together. They've ended it on a high. Mm. They've ended it happy and together and peaceful and beautiful. And I just, I couldn't ask for anything more from this episode. And I was just completely, like, happy, sad, snot crying, just, like, all over the place. It's like, what are you doing to me? First the strawberries and now this. <laughs> but you see, that, that that's the, I mean, when my dad passed um, and that, it, it, it's still, I mean, it's it's eight, it's been eight years, this, nine years this year. 
I still have customers who still talk about my dad, who still bring him up and still mention him. And he still, he lives on in a certain way because he's touched other people's lives. You know, he was important. He was important to me, but he was important to other people. Mm. And, and that that's the thing, you know, we, you know, we should embrace what we've got because we don't know how long we're here for. And that, and just the storytelling was, was just right because they embraced what they had. And that, and again, it was only an hour with Bill and Frank, but I feel that I was part of that life. Mm. Yeah. Bill found a completely different way of living from what he was used to before, from what he, I mean, he didn't want to go back to that. That wasn't life for him anymore. Like he's just, he only had one purpose, you know, all the other things that he was doing around it suddenly completely changed. He was still doing the things he had done before, but he was doing it for a completely different reason, you know, and it put everything in perspective and he realized that without that reason, why, why was he doing it before? You know, why was he hiding from the government? Why was he preparing himself for all of this to be on his own? Like, he's not prepared for that again because he's realised what he was missing. <sighs> I don't feel like we could say much more. I feel like we could leave it on, leave it on that. How about both of you? Anything else? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just took, nobody uh, could but... see or hear, but he just like took the biggest exhale of breath. <laughs> I, I don't think there is because I, I, I mean this is the third episode and they've just done such a, what comes up next and that I mean I, I, I'm so fortunate I'm so glad that this is the episode because Bill as I say in the game is, is one of my favourite he's, he's my favourite side character and that we only have a short moment with him and all for different reasons to this but again, this Bill and Frank are going to leave a lasting impression on me. And whatever happens with the rest of the series, this, you know, this really does, it, it, it's going to stick with me. And that, and if this is what they're doing in episode three, how it's going to, I mean, I'm going to have to buy another box of tissues there's a blubbering <laughs> on, on the couch for the next several weeks. Because they're just, every week it's just, it's, it, it really is fantastic and the fact that they, they can pull this emotion from people mm. and that and it, it, look if you don't like it and you don't agree with it just don't watch it that's fine yeah. let other yeah. people enjoy the fact that we do enjoy this and you know it's, it's amazing what they're doing agreed so this wasn't the tight hour that I was hoping for but thank you both so much I did have a feeling after watching the episode that I was like oh god it's gonna be a three hour conversation I think we've done fantastic so thank you both it's been an honor to have you both chatting to me about this where can everybody find you both and obviously it'll be in the show notes as well let them know superdummy.co.uk all of my links are there that's the easiest way done love it (laughs) ah nice and efficient Matt. Uh, I'm I'm on Twitter, MatthewK78. Uh, I will be on a couple of podcasts. Um, there's a Spider Down and Secret Balls. We talk about a couple of bear films, which is bringing down the tone. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and that. But it's worth it for the puns. It really is. So the, the films, the films are all right. I mean, they, they are from 1976 and 1979. I think the one, uh, but. 
they are, they are quite amusing. It's a good chat. Uh, there'll be a future podcast coming up soon, uh, Star Wars Rebels, where I'm with uh, Dave and Mike, and we talk about season one of Rebels, which I'd not seen. Mike bullied me into watching it. <laughs> and that, so now I have to go and tell him how awful it is and <laughs> really destroy him and that. But no, it, yeah, that's it's coming up. So I think we're due to record that next week. So, uh, and I'm sure I'll pop up even even there. Yes, yes, right. So thank you everyone for listening and go out, live your life, love. Oh, I should say we can find me, shouldn't I? At yes. Fairmont Collective, come see me at the Fairmont Collective with my wonderful four other co-hosts. We're having an amazing time. We've got amazing content. Or at Rhea Carrigan on Instagram. It'll be in the show notes. And yeah, go live your lives. Love. Be peaceful. Have a good time. Grow strawberries. Grow strawberries. Ah, bye.